0: Hello everyone, welcome and welcome back to Abby Me to watch that. I am your one and only host, Monica. I am so sorry that it took a while for me to come back. It's been a while, but today we are going to be talking about Ready or Not, the comedy horror thriller that came out not too long ago, but not so recent that like this seems like a good film to review. And honestly, like it's been a while since I've done this, but we all know the name of the game, right? This is the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. We're talk about movies and TV shows that I've been meaning to watch. I'm always late to the party, I'm never on trend with things. I always wait till the last minute to watch stuff. And I always wait until everybody else has watched something and um then I'm like the last person to watch it, so then everyone else has made their opinion. And then I can make my opinion sorely based on everyone else's opinion so yes thank you so much for tuning in I am so happy that you are here let's get into it so ready or not is kind of a comedy horror thriller film and I saw it on Hulu one day and I just thought you know what let's check this movie out I don't remember exactly what this movie is about I never watched the trailer it never really looked interesting to me I wasn't really like that invested in it but when I saw the kind of poster it on Hulu, I thought, you know what? I have some time to kill. Let's watch this movie. I'm in the mood to be surprised. I'm in the mood to be entertained. And it's a pretty good movie. So I'm just going to go through the movie, you know, bit by bit. I may go through um, point by point, going through the plot, or we just may jump around and talk about the characters. If you haven't watched the movie yet, I will just let you know that there are spoilers. So just be aware and let's get into it so ready or not it is a film and first it starts off with these two little boys running around in a house right And we figure out these boys are daniel and alex what are they running from we don't know they're scared and daniel shoves alex into a closet and then this man with an arrow in his chest Pulls Daniel aside. Now, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, we're getting into the horror really quickly. Okay. And I was thinking, maybe this is one of those movies that's like, it's horror all the way through. There's no stops, there's no breaks, there's no breathing. You're just scared the whole time. But obviously, this is just like a little snippet to let you know what's basically going on, what's basically going to happen in this movie. And so, Charles is the guy with the arrow in his stomach, and he tells. Daniel like help me save me and then Daniel's like he's in here he's in here obviously snitching on Charles which wasn't a cool thing to do but then Charles meets his sorrowful fate and there's a woman crying in a wedding dress and I just have to say like if this is your family that like every time someone gets married y'all have to play a game and the chances are that one of these games ends up with someone dying how, how do you feel about that? Like how do you grow up? Because obviously all the kids in this family have all grown up in very strange ways. And like having to have a family that has this kind of secret is crazy. So basically if you already to watch this movie you already know that the uh, Le Domas' family, their great-great-grandfather, made a deal with the devil, basically. They're trying to play it off like, you know, he was a sea merchant, and he had to figure out a box for Mr. Lebail, and then he was rich. Like, he made a deal with the devil, okay? Be real, be serious, like, just say what it is for what it is. Because they don't want to say what it is for what it is, because then they would have to openly admit that, yes, our grandfather sold his soul to the devil so that we could all be rich, and in order to stay rich, we have to sometimes sacrifice somebody who wants to join the family you know it is what it is and the thing is with the tradition is that you have to pull, you have to like sit around the table pull out put a blank card in the box and then Mr. Lebeo picks the game you play and the person who's trying to join the family pulls out the card now is this only for weddings or is this for like is this for like you know? Uh, baby showers too. Like, do you have to do this for baby showers like when the baby turns like five years old? <laughs> is that something that you also have to do? Because if it is, I would like to know. They really should expand it on that because um the Ledo Mas family, I think they only have like three kids, so there were only like two other weddings and one of them ended up in a deadly game of hide and seek, you know what I mean? So... I think it would be interesting if there were other ways that someone can join the family. Like if you find out that like, you know, your dad had a kid out of wedlock and this person wants to join the family, play the game as well. You have a new child, play the game. You want to adopt the child, play the game. There are all kinds of ways to bring somebody into your family. And so there are many situations where you guys have to play a game and possibly kill somebody so that you can keep your money so that you can uh, satisfy Mr. LaBelle. That's all I'm saying. I feel like that should be, I think that would be an interesting thing to explore in the sequel of the movie. Now, this premise of the film is that Grace and Alex are getting married. As you remember, Alex is the kid who was shoved into the closet and his brother Daniel has grown up to be a barely functioning alcoholic with a kind of mean wife, um, Charity, who is more than happy being a gold digger as a wife and grace is convinced that the family does not like her because of her background and alex is like no don't think that and in the beginning of the movie alex is trying like really hard alex is being a little ominous and a little weird without like saying exactly what's going on he's like are you sure you want to do this or you, sure you want to go through with this or you should sure want to get married and of course we learned that grace she grew up in foster care she never really had a family so her marrying alex and joining the Lado moss family is a dream of hers it's something that she's wanted for so long and it's a thing of like loneliness like you will do anything for a family but of course grace doesn't see why alex is just like, oh, are you sure you want to do this? Are you positive? You want to go through this and get married? Because she's just thinking, oh, his family's just a little weird. His family's just a little messed up. Not all families are perfect. You know, they're all so rich, so of course they may be a little quirky. But that's fine. That's okay. I can handle it. And it was when... If I hadn't seen the beginning of the film, if I hadn't seen that little boy shove the other boy into the closet and then snitch on that grown man so he can beat his fatal death, if I hadn't seen the beginning and I had just watched started watching the movie from the point where Grace is like smoking a cigarette, I would have known that there was something wrong with this film when Grace was looking at Aunt Helene and she's just sitting there, black makeup, thin black eyebrows, white hair. And I would have seen that I'd be like, yeah, that's wrong. That's not right. That doesn't make any sense. Because, like, the way that Aunt Helene is staring at her, it's just like, oh, she has a secret. There's something wrong with, there's something wrong with that grandma. And um, I'm concerned. You know what I mean? So, of course, Grace and Alice get married because they're in love. And they've been dating for, like, 18 months. And I feel like that's not really enough time to really get to know somebody. And it's really cute and very sweet. Like it's a very sweet wedding. And you know, Alex says like they had to get married at the house. They couldn't elope and all these other things. But I'm watching this movie and you know, this is my second time watching this movie. So I'm watching this and I'm really looking at Alex. I'm like, you had to know, you had to know that there was a chance that something crazy was going to happen the night of your wedding. And You had to know something crazy was going on before y'all got married. So of course they get married, it's a really cute um uh it's a really cute, cute ceremony and everything. And then they're like being all cute in the bedroom and Aunt Helene comes through a secret door and she's like, Everybody's waiting to play the game and of course that's really creepy. I would be creeped out too if that was my wedding night and I didn't know anything was going on and then like your aunt just comes in through a secret doorway in your room. What is this? Can we have not any privacy? So then Alex is like, you know, we had to play a game with someone new Joyce' of family. You got to draw a card. It's part of the initiation. And she's like, okay, cool, whatever. She's not thinking much of it. She thinks it's just some tradition because the Ledomas family, they are super rich because they sold card games and stuff and they own like four different sports teams. They, you know... Grace called it an empire. And then Alex corrected her. He's like, we prefer domain. Domain. You know where else you see the word domain? In scripture. In biblical scripture. Yeah, homie. That's worrisome. That's strange. So, we meet. We've met um Alex. We've met Daniel. Daniel is played by Adam Brody. Daniel is like... Daniel's a mess, but we know that Daniel's a good person. You know, he's like drunk, he's sloppy, but we know he's a good person at our heart. And then there's Melanie. Not her name isn't actually Melanie. What's this girl's name? Dang it. I put it in my notes. Hold on, y'all. The actress's name is Melanie Scarfano or something like that. She's also in the show called Um, White Nona Earp, which I love. I love that show so much. So that's why I wrote her name down as Melanie, but that's not actually her name. Oh, Emily. Her name's Emily. Emily is married to a guy named Fitch. Fitch is obviously like some rich guy, bored rich, raised rich, lived around white people, all that stuff. He's obviously stupid. The dad hates Fitch too. The mom hates Charity, who is Adam Brody's wife. And, um, they have two children, which is like kind of sweet, but also kind of worrisome. Because the kids come running in with the mask. As in the mask that they were wearing at the beginning of the movie. And also that scene at the beginning of the movie happened like 30 years ago. It's amazing how like... I'm like in the movie... Daniel says who's played by Adam Brody I'm just gonna keep mentioning that it's Adam Brody because Adam Brody is just like wow you know but Daniel keeps mentioning in the movie that he remembers that night from 30 years ago and I would too if I sent somebody to their death if I had to watch the one person my aunt loved die and then she turned into this cold brooding person who doesn't know joy or happiness I probably would descend into mental problems as well you know stemming into me being a barely functioning alcoholic like daniel is in this film but melanie she is just like the first <laughs> the first shot of melanie it's very obvious that she has gotten gotten into the nose candy a little bit too much and she's just happy to play the game so basically everybody everyone's finally there right and the dad tells the story of victor le dumas who had a printing shop in the civil war and then they expanded and now they have the les dumas family games dominion and he talks about how it's a little more than luck how they came into all this wealth and they talk about how someone is watching over them it's, <laughs> what I'm it's impossible for someone to be watching over you if they reign in hell you know what i mean but anyways so basically Grandpappy played a game with someone on the ship, figured out the box, and now he got a lot of money, right? So like I said before, there is this box. It is is Mr. LaBelle's box. It is a magic box. It is a curse box. You can describe it however you want to, right? So you put a blank card in the box. You give it to the new person, and they pull the card out to see what game they're playing. And she pulls out Hide and Seek. Fitch pulled out Old Maid. Someone else probably pulled out Goldfish. But she pulled out Hide and Seek. And now the mood shifts. Everybody's freaked out. Everyone's scared. And I have to say, like, I understand that this is, like, your wedding night. And you don't expect your, um, I don't know. You don't expect, like, your hus- your newly husband's family, this new family you've joined, to be a bunch of... Devil-worshipping psychopaths, possibly. But, girl, when you pulled out that hide-and-seek card, everyone acted weird. Everyone acted strange. The mood switched up. Like, there was obviously a shift in the atmosphere. And you had to have felt that. And she's just, like, giggling and laughing. Like, are we actually going to play hide-and-seek right now? Like, this is my wedding night. I just wanted to, like, bone and then go to, like, Morocco in the morning. So, like, what's up? But, obviously, everyone else is taken aback by this because it's been a while since they played hide-and-seek. So she goes to hide and they start playing this really creepy song that plays throughout the house and they turn off all the cameras and they lock all the doors and the windows and they say that she has to hide until dawn. And he straight up is like, oh, well, you just have to be around until dawn. I don't remember who he says you have to survive until dawn, but I feel like that's what he said. I didn't write that down, but I really was just sitting there like so sus. Like if that was me, if that was like... Honestly, if that was me, I would be sus too. Like, homegirl's just like, oh, I just want to join a family. I feel like she wants to join this family so bad that she's just ignoring, like, the obvious signs that something really strange is going on right now, like something really unsettling is going on in this moment. But, you know, she goes to hide in the dumbwaiter, and then everybody gets all their weapons together, and they go search for her within the house. And if I was playing hide and seek with my family, my new family, and I found out that the doors and windows were locked, I would be suspicious. I would truly be suspicious. Cause there are like, I don't know, nine people in this family and it's just me having to take them all down. No, I wouldn't be able to handle that, okay? And so she tries, she leaves her hiding place cause she really doesn't, she really doesn't think there's any point to this. She really doesn't think there's any point to this. And then there are three servants, right? One of the servants is reading to the little child. The servant is reading Paradise Lost by John Milton. Now, that poem is significant because that poem is about, like, the fall of Adam and Eve and, like, how sin covered the world and the devil and, like, loss and persecution and stuff like that. Like, that, the obviously, the poem ties into, like, the whole theme of the film, what rich people are willing to do to keep their wealth and what they're willing to sacrifice and what they're willing to, like how far they're willing to go to stay wealthy and Alex is supposed to stay in like I don't know the family room or whatever he obviously leaves the family room he goes through the service court to serving the servants um like hot like like the servants hidden uh hallways and he finds Grace right and he grabs Grace and he's like we gotta go we gotta leave and excuse me, of course Grace is like um no, why? And then Clara is looking for Georgie because Georgie got out of his bed because Georgie is troll troublemaker. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And Clara gets her head blown off by Melanie Scorfano, aka Emily. And oh my gosh, I was not ready to see that in the film. And I obviously covered my eyes during that scene. But like when Grace sees it, Grace just like steals. Like her body steals because she knows she can't break down crying right just then but she's just like okay and basically the whole family sees the servant girl dead on the floor but they do not notice that there are two family members hiding behind the bed also like there's a full-length mirror like right in front of them i feel like any of them could have looked in that full-length mirror and be like oh look grace is right there we just get on with the sacrifice and just going with our lives you know what i mean but obviously they had to draw it out for the movie duh so, they tell the whole plan in front of Grace, and she understands the purpose of the game, that like, you know, um, Mr. Labelle will not accept any help, he will not accept the servants, it has to be the bride. You know, if the bride doesn't win the game, you know, you just have to win, you just survive until sunrise, and you know, if you don't win, something's gonna happen. So, Alex you know, escapes with grace, and he basically says, they think that they have to kill you before sunrise. You have to play a game. If you don't, you will die. He lays it out like that. That basically, like, they couldn't have not gotten married at the house, and they couldn't have, like, just, like, left and eloped. They had to get married at the house. They have to play the game at midnight, and at midnight, they think that they have to kill you, you know, sacrifice you to Mr. LaBelle to keep their money, to keep their wealth, to keep their fortune. And if they hadn't done that then you both will die in the morning because it happened to like three other people that Alex does not know but somehow those people mysteriously died when they didn't do Mr. LaBelle's bidding which means that this runs deep within the family and obviously like all families run deep like family trees are very expansive but this is something that has affected this family in such deeply rooted ways and I think that The younger people in the family, Daniel, Alex, and Emily, don't really believe in it, don't really see it. Like, they understand, like, the wealth and the power that they possess, but they also think that's kind of stupid that they made a deal with the devil and they don't really think that it's true. But you're willing to kill somebody for sport because it's fun or whatever. Because you think, ooh, look at this, look at this little thing we're gonna do. Like, oh, this family's crazy, like, y'all are running around this house with antique weaponry to kill some girl you just met in hopes that you all get to stay rich. And if you really didn't think this was real, if you really didn't believe it, if you really didn't think that this deal with the devil was something that was serious and based in fact, you wouldn't have had the wedding at the house. And that's one thing, like, if Alex really didn't believe in this whole thing, He probably would have told Grace up front. He'd probably been like, so my family's kind of (laughs) crazy. They worship the devil, kind of. So, uh, yeah. But if he had told her that, she wouldn't have stayed with him. She would have left, obviously. And he says it in the film that if he hadn't proposed, she would have left. Which says a lot about their relationship before the movie even starts. Which tells me something. It tells me that, like, possibly they're having problems. And that Grace was looking to leave. Grace was looking to, like go off and do her own thing and probably break up with him because they were dating for like 18 months dating somebody for almost two years i don't think that's enough time to marry someone i know that there are people who like date for like two months or so and then they get married and they live a nice long life together for like years and years and years and i know that all relationships are different but i think that dating for 18 months you still you still gotta like take more time To get to know somebody, you know what I mean? You gotta take, you gotta learn about people in their seasons. In their seasons of growth, you know? In their seasons of change. And 18 months isn't a long time to know someone. And it's obviously like, they were in love, they really wanted to be together, they really wanted to like, start a family with one another. But like, (sighs) homie, if you knew that your family was deep in this stuff, would you, like, I'm not trying to govern his life. Also, it's a movie, so I can't really judge it that much, but like, really it's strange and like I'm really so I'm really like I'm really concerned about their relationship as a whole you know because if he knew that there was a possibility that she would draw that card and he didn't believe in the whole like devil situation homie would have just been like let's just elope but he was too scared he didn't have the faith, you know, he, he was just too scared and obviously he remembers what happened that night when he was shoved in that closet. He remembers what happened and Daniel probably regrets it, but it's said later in the movie that like, it's brought up later in the movie by Aunt Helene and by Andy Mac McDowell, MacDo, I think her name is, the actress. I'm so like, I'm sorry, I don't learn anything movie characters names, I learned the actor's names and the fact that Samara Weaving, Weaver, weaving. She looks so much like <laughs> she looks so much like Margot Robbie. And I was just watching this movie and I was just thinking like, imagine Margot Robbie, imagine this movie with a full Australian cast. That would have been more interesting. I feel like it would have been more interesting because people with accents like they just they just like it's just a certain genetic qua to the way that they speak. You know what I mean? But this is kind of skipping around. But basically later in the movie, um, Aunt Helene basically says that Alex is simply afraid of who he truly is. He can't run from this truth. He's meant to lead the family. And, you know, the dad, Tony, says that Alex apparently saw Mr. LaBelle when he was five years old. Which is probably a reference to, you know... 30 years ago when Daniel and Alex were both very young and Aunt Helene's betrothed Charles was sent away to his untimely death to be a sacrifice to Mr. LaBelle so that they could continue to be rich. You know what I mean? And you know, Tony says that he apparently saw Mr. LaBelle when he was five and I, obviously it's shown in the movie that like Alex heard what they said and that Alex is possibly contemplating it and you know in the movie alex is trying to help grace she's trying to help her he's trying to help her escape and eventually they like catch her again and they catch alex and they like um, handcuff him to the bed so they can try and like catch grace and sacrifice her in the morning and you know the mom goes to sit down with alex and the mom is talking to alex and she's basically like if you really didn't believe in this whole thing if you really didn't think like that she was going to um." If you really didn't think that, if you really thought that if y'all didn't have the wedding here and you wouldn't have eloped in Hawaii, you would have done it. You would have simply done it because you don't like this family. I know you don't like this family. I know you don't want to be part of this family. So if you really didn't like this family, you really didn't want to be part of this family, you wouldn't have come here. You wouldn't have had the wedding. But this is the thing about y'all people are people pleasers okay people are too scared to hurt other people's feelings and you just want to stay in your rut you want to stay in your life and you just like stay in your little huddle and you do what you do to please other people even though you know it makes you uncomfortable it makes you unhappy you know because we got you can't live your life for your family you can't live your life for other people you got out you left your family. You found this wonderful girl that you love and you cherish, but you were scared you were going to lose her. So you proposed to her, knowing that she was, she grew up in foster care. She didn't have a family. She didn't have a home. She didn't have a great support system or community for a long time. You came from a big family. You come from a long line of tradition and home values and stuff like that. So, of course, she want to be a part of that. She wanted to partake in that. She wanted, she would want to feel a sense of community from your family and she would want a wedding. But I'm sure she would have been cool with eloping. I'm sure like if you just talked to her and you talked it out, y'all could have got married at the courthouse and everything would have been fine, you know. And if you really didn't think that Mr. LaBelle and the deal with Mr. LaBelle was something that was concrete and real, then you would have just skipped out on that. But that's the thing with family. If other people are doing it, you follow along with it. It's like with Georgie in the movie, you know, when, um, what's homegirl's name? Grace. When Grace runs away to the goat pit, I think it is, whatever. The little shed with the goats. And Georgie is found her. You know, like Grace was hiding and she thought somebody was coming for her. And I thought it was Stevens, but it was Georgie. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's a little child. It's a little baby. I'm fine. And then the kid shoots her through the hand, right? So when Emily sees Georgie... Because, you know, Grace punched him in the face, as she should have. Because if a child shoots you through the hand, what do you do? You duck them in the face, of course. little brat. And, um, Adam Brody and, uh, not Adam Brody. Daniel and Emily are discarding the bodies of the help because Grace accidentally killed all of them. Actually, Emily shot one of them through the head. And I have to say, like, the way the people die is really gory and really scary, but also it's funny sometimes. Like, I'll be laughing, I'll be chuckling when these people die, because obviously they're the bad guys, you're not supposed to root for them or whatever, and it's kind of funny how they die. You know, it's kind of gory, it's kind of, like, surprising, it's hilarious, it's wacky, it's fun, but they're dumping the bodies in this, like, ditch or whatever, and- you know, Emily sees Georgie huddled in the corner, and Georgie's like, I follow the lady out here, and I brought your shotgun, and then Daniel's like, why would you do that? And then Georgie's like, oh, that's what everyone else was doing, and then Emily's like, I'm so proud of you. This whole thing of follow the leader, of do what everyone else is doing, because, if you break the chain, you're an outsider and everybody wants to fit in and everyone wants to be a part of something. But when you look outside of the community that you've lived in and you looking out from the outside looking in. I started, I almost started singing waving through the window, but I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to sing Dear Evan Hansen. I'm not going to do it. But honestly, when you look from the outside looking in, you realize that the family that you've grown up in. You know um all this stuff is not normal why do y'all have a shed full of goats someone explain like why y'all have a shed full of goats no other animals no cows no sheep no horses y'all are rich you should have horses but just goats there are only goats in those stables why sacrifices that's why to mr labelle and sometimes mr Labale wants something more and he'll want a human sacrifice and obviously i feel like it's very obvious that like there have been I don't know if the house is old or something, but there was a scene like after after Grace punches Georgie in the face, she falls backwards because the goat scares her, and she falls straight into a ditch of dead bodies. And there are multiple dead bodies. See in the movie, they show us that 30 years prior to what's happening currently, that Charles died, right? But from the pit, we can tell that other people have died. Now, we do not know if this is from 30 years prior, 100 years prior, if these bodies have been here since, like, I don't know, the Civil War when Grandpappy sold his newsstand and bought a giant acre of land to make build his freaking mansion. We don't know if this is from Tony and him marrying... Um. Annie mcdowell i forgot her actual name in the movie i forgot the character's name we don't know all right but what we do see is a bunch of bodies a bunch of dead bodies a bunch of bones a bunch of skeletons and we do see charles skeleton in the corner with the arrow still in the stomach which i think is weird because like obviously if it's, it's been 30 years probably the arrow wouldn't be still like directly in the bones you know like that but whatever and it's just unsettling so that shows that kind of tells me that like maybe it's not only weddings y'all are doing this at maybe it's other functions y'all are having or like hey a human sacrifice (laughs) and although like when you watch the film it does seem like everybody's kind of out of practice when it comes to like killing people but the ditch shows that this is a long history. There's a long there's a long there's a long so there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a, there's a pattern of human sacrifice. We don't know if it's 30 years separate or if like ten years separate, but I just have to like I just have to uh, speculate. You know what I mean? All in all, this movie is just about like the lengths that people will go to stay rich. And I really did like this movie. I thought it was really funny and interesting. I found I on it like The way that Grace kept, like, running away and then, like, getting pulled back and then running away again. Like, the scene in the kitchen is the most tense scene in the movie, in my opinion, because she is just there. It's like, excuse me, probably not the most tense scene, but, like, she's just lying there. She's sitting on the floor, and Stevens is there, and she points the gun at him. And also, the thing is, like, when she tried to point the gun at the door to just like shoot it the first time because the door was still locked? It didn't go off. Like the trigger didn't work. And I guess she thought that was because there's no ammo, right? And it was mad tense when she clicked the gun open and then Stevens was like, Oh, there's a click. Is someone else in here? And he was starting to sing like... He started singing that... that I don't know what it was. That overture he started singing and then she puts in the ammo and she tries to shoot him again but that doesn't work and she gotta smash the teapot on his face that was funny to me that was very funny to me when she smashed the teapot on his face and homie ooh, he walking around looking like two-faced from the dc comics oh my gosh and then he's chasing after her in the car and she's running away Ooh, in the open field oh my gosh and like <laughs> i think the funniest moment in the movie to me besides like Everyone obviously exploding at the end, that was hilarious, but the scene where she literally tries to, like, she's literally taking off an iron like rod from the gate and she breaks it off and she literally has a tear in her back for trying to squeeze through this gate because she sees a car coming down the road and she stops the car and then the guy is literally like, get out of the road and drives away. I'm sorry, do you not see the distress? The obviously dirty bride in her dirty gown, bloody, and just, like, asking you for some help, and you're just telling her to get out of the road? Sir, do you not notice how this is out of place? You do not notice how this is wrong? Like, homie was wrong for that. And also, wow. Honestly, that scene was hilarious. Imagine if that guy had just pulled over and helped her out or something. Or something worse would probably happen. Ooh, that's bad, too. Yeah, you're right. Also, like, when she finally, like, overpowered Stevens... And she strangled him. I knew he wasn't dead. I knew he was playing around. Cause like girl, come on, open up your <laughs> open your eyes and see. And when she got in the car, she should have ran him over. <laughs> she should have ran him over. She shouldn't have just driven away. She should have ran him over once, ran over twice, and didn't give good measure, you know. If he's not dead, at least his legs are broken, you know what I mean? <laughs> he may not be dead, but his ribs are broken and he's gonna be dead very soon. And then when she gets in the car, <laughs> Is she called trip safe? And the guy is just like, um, the vehicle's reported stolen. I know you're asking me to call the police and you obviously sound in distress, but I'm just gonna shut down this car anyways and leave you stranded in the middle of the woods, okay? Bye! Like, the customer service rep did not have to do that. He did not have to do that. I know that calls are recorded for quality assurance, we all know that, but like, homegirl is angry. She sounds stressed out. So maybe, like, cut her some slack and, like, I don't know, let her steal the car, my guy, like, come on, like, be real, like, she doesn't sound like an angry homewrecker, like, be nice, you know, and he did say police around on the scene, but, you know, the cops may be fast, but Steven was faster. Steven came back, he came back, like, I don't know how this guy went from the open field to where her car was exactly. But, like, he must be, like, he must be, like, using Bolt. Because some legs were working. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She came back with a vengeance. And shot her in the neck, knocking her out. Also, when Grace is in the car, she has a little dream that Alex is driving the car. And when she looks over at him, he's wearing the mask. Obviously, coming to the realization that, like, Alex is somewhat like his family. Like, even though Alex left his family and he went away, he met Grace, and now they're, like he was together with her, that doesn't mean that he isn't selfish and like greedy like his family. That doesn't mean that he wouldn't go to the great lengths to keep the wealth within his family. You know, I guess that there are people who believe that if Adam Brody hadn't died and like the mom hadn't died, that maybe Alex would have changed his mind and maybe Alex would have like helped Grace leave in the end. Oh, in the end, in the end, in the very, very end. (laughs) When Adam Brody poisoned them with hydrochloric acid, that was a stroke of genius. I had to say, I really thought they were all gonna die. I thought that was some, I'm not going I thought that was Mr. Labail. I was like, oh, oh, Mr. Labelle said no, not this time. Oh, okay, that's crazy. Oh wow, oh my. But no, it's just hydrochloric acid. And honestly, when, who, when Charity had the gun to his chest, I don't, I don't know. Like, I knew she was gonna kill him, but I didn't know she was gonna kill him. Like she shot him in the neck. I thought she was gonna do it in the chest or something. Like give him a few minutes. Like give him two or three minutes to like kind of struggle and grasp for life. Not in the neck. Because when it's the neck, I was like, oh, he's going to die. Oh, he's 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 gonna die. Oh, that's oh, that's tough. You know, we know like Daniel isn't a perfect character. He's not the best person in the film. Is he the person we're kind of rooting for? Yeah, cuz he obviously shows that he has something of a conscience and he shows that like he he's struggling with the guilt of what he did when he was younger. And now that this is happening all over again, you know, when he was younger, it was something that you could like excuse cuz you're 5 years old. If your family's telling you to do it, you go along with it because like if you don't, you feel like you're going to get in trouble, but you realize that it may be deeper trouble than you realize because there's something there the 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 consequences, the stakes for the little game that you're playing, the stakes are much higher than like a normal game of hide and seek and you realize that when you're young. But him being an adult, a 30 year old man having to play the game that ruined his life basically when he was young playing it once again and possibly taking away the happiness of somebody that he loves, once again, he realizes that he needs to make a better choice and a better decision. And in that moment, he sees that what his family's doing is wrong. And you know, when he was throwing the bodies in the pit with uh, Emily, he really said like earnestly, like, you know, maybe we do deserve to die. And Emily says, my kids don't deserve to die. And that's something that's really hard to think about, I guess a little bit, cause like those children are just like children, they're babies. They could grow out of it, they could leave, they could learn, they could change, they could do something differently, but can you really break a deal with the devil? I mean, yeah, you could, but like, you have to want to break that deal. You have to be willing to let that all go. You have to open yourself up to the possibility of being like everyone else, but they've grown so, and they've grown so comfortable in their wealth and their riches that they are willing to kill somebody, even if they like that person. Even if... But that one person is just standing in the way of their fortune. Their fame and their fortune that they've grown comfortable in. And that they've, they have they they think that they're happy with it. But like, are you really happy with something that you've gained through murder? Is that really something that's going to satisfy you? Is that really something that's going to make you happy? Is that really something you want to carry throughout your life? Is that really something you want to pass on to your children? They want to teach your children that in order to to stay wealthy, ridiculously rich... You may have to kill somebody that you love, therefore isolating yourself and making you rely only on your family, making you feel more alone, like that's so, that's so twisted. That's so wrong. That's so twisted. That's not right. You know what I mean? So when Daniel dies, it's a blow. It's a real blow to me because I didn't want him to go, man. I wanted him to live, but obviously like, uh, it had to happen. It had to happen, and it's heartbreaking that it was him. So, Alex holds Daniel as he dies. Alex, who finally got free, like, Alex was doing the whole, like, sh- like trying to get himself free with those handcuffs. I really feel like he should have just, like, broken the bedboard. I know, like, the bedboard looks, like, pretty new but I feel like if he broke it I feel like if he tried to break it he could have broken it and gotten out of there a bit sooner but you know the movie the timing all that stuff so Alex frees himself and he sees Daniel die and the mom goes after Grace and uh the mom you know homegirl doesn't make it like grace gets that box and she goes to work on that (laughs) she goes to work she goes to work on homegirl she goes to work on her because the mom the whole time has been like i like you you and me are just the same you know they didn't like me in the beginning they didn't like me in the beginning because i was a old country bum king but you know what i showed them stand up stand up tall throw your shoulders back and just let them know who you are. Let them know you are that girl. You are it, okay? You don't play tag. You beat it, girl. You know what what I mean? She kept having like that attitude towards her, but the whole time, possibly, like anticipating the fact that she would have to kill her. And the time has come and she's like, you know, I like you. I like you a lot, but you are not going to get in the way of me and my Givenchy bag. You are not going to get in the way of me and my Gucci and my Prada, my Versace, Versace, Versace. So let me tell you something, sweetheart. You're going to die tonight, all right? My son may hate me and leave, but you know what? If he kills me, that's okay because I was still rich and I was still a bad mm. Exactly. You can't take that away from me. But the one thing Grace could take away was her life and she did it. Grace took that- (laughs) I'm sorry. Grace took that box and went to work on that face. Ooh girl. She chipped away all that expensive Botox and then Alex was standing and just like looking at her. And in that moment when Alex was looking at Grace, I really did see a shift in his character. Like, it was really mask off. You know what I mean? Like, I also feel like this movie is kind of a reflection on like white people in general. Ooh, we're gonna get deep here. But you know, like 30 years ago, white people running around, not 30 years ago. Yeah, 30. Even now, white people walking around with masks on doing things without consequences just because they knew they could do it. Cough, cough, KKK, obviously. And now, like, people running around here without masks on. Doing what they're doing because everyone else is doing it. And although they know that it's wrong, they don't really care. Because if they get to uphold their privilege and their place in the world, they're, they're willing to let a few people get effed over over it. by it. They don't care. It doesn't... No skin off, the, off their back. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, that's how... I mean... when grace looked at alex and he was just like once it's all over you're gonna leave me aren't you and then alex just has like that fear of just being alone you know like how long ago did you leave your family and then meet grace like was grace the first girl that you date dated after you met your family did you just jump from one person who loves you to another person who loves you as well is that like did he really take time to be by himself and to learn about himself and to grow as a person because if he really did take time away from his family to like really become a whole person outside of his family then he wouldn't have brought her back he wouldn't have cared if his family was upset with him not having the wedding at the house he wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered to him because he would have found someone he loved it would have been with the person he loved and he would have said screw it And throw caution to the wind and just did what he wanted to do because he doesn't care what they think or how they feel you know but obviously I really don't think Alex left his family that I feel like Alex left his family like a few months later he probably met Grace and then they got married you know because they dated for like 18 months you know what I mean like it's mad sus but anyways (laughs) when Alex turned around and then was like, she's in here, she's in here, oh, oh gosh, that was that was a betrayal, that was a betrayal. And then they were all sitting around the table holding her down, and oh gosh, oh my goodness, but they were holding her down, I'm just thinking, I'm just replaying the scene in my head, and he really was like. Hail Satan! I was like, Oh no! Oh Lord Jesus! Oh no! I pray the, I pray the blood of Jesus over me right now. And then Homegirl, I do not know how she keeps surviving. I do not know. Like this, she had to like, 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 sis. Do you do Orange Theory? Do you do CrossFit? Like, what is it? How did you survive this long? Like, how did you fight for survival? Like, she really was like, I'm not dying tonight. Y'all ain't gonna take me out. It's not me. I don't know who y'all thought you were gonna sacrifice tonight, but it's not gonna be me. Okay, I'm not the one. I'm not the girl. I'm not the goat. Okay, let me tell you something. You went up to this mountain to sacrifice something to God, and I'll see a goat in your hand, and it's just me carrying the rope? Nah, nah, my name ain't Isaac, okay? We ain't playing this game, you know what I mean? So, I don't not, I still, like, I was re-watching that scene so many times. I still do not know how she twisted her arm to where Alex stabbed her in the shoulder, and then she got off the table, and then she's just defending herself, and oops, it's someday... It's sunlight, it's sunlight, it's the next day, it's dawn, whoops, no sacrifice to myself Bale. and then one by one everybody exploded. Everybody. Like, Aunt Helene, Charity, the two kids, when the two kids exploded, I was like, oh, this is serious, this runs deep. Obviously, like, the two kids exploding makes sense because, like, when you're young, you can make decisions for yourself. You understand the difference between good and evil. You know what i mean you can make the choices you know what i'm saying both those kids exploded and melanie shit <laughs> rest in peace to her girl fitch died the dad died and then i saw like alex didn't explode yet so i was like oh so you're saving him oh really oh we're gonna spare his life and not daniel oh okay i was really sad because i feel like if daniel had lived maybe he wouldn't have exploded or maybe he would have accepted being exploding you know i don't know but Alex, like, begging for her life. Alex, begging for his life, getting on his hands and knees, be like, Babe, I was just joking. Babe, I wasn't so serious. You know, back then, like, dude, you literally had a knife. You were standing over the woman you loved. You were holding a knife, about to drive you through her heart, and you said, Hail, Satan. And now you're trying to play like this is a game. You're trying to play like, Oops, psych. Oops, April Fool was like, My guy, we're not playing this game here this is not you're not you you're not mr slick okay don't 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 play like that and she up was like i want a divorce and then he exploded and would she just sits on the steps and she's just like smoking her cigarette she deserves she deserves i want to know who called oh wait yeah I just was—I was about to say who called the fire department that quick, but then again, like they probably had like a sprinkle system, sprinkler system, or it's probably the cops that were supposed to get the car in the middle of the night and then like trace it back to the house and then like, oh look, the house is on fire. Ah, uh. <sighs> imagine like explaining that to your neighbors. Another thing is that like, I feel like this deal with Mister LeBail wasn't just made with. Um, the Le Dumas family because they say in the movie- or at least Tony says that this happened to the Van Horns, that their family burned- that like the house burned down as well because they didn't honor their agreement with Mr. LaBelle. So obviously it's like a little secret on the country club like, hey want to make a quick buck? (laughs) All you gotta do is uh Hit up my friend, Mr. LaBelle, it's a little box in a game, huh? You're like, go fish? Have, well, said, well, you, when you lose this goldfish, you lose your soul as well, ha ha ha. You wanna play? You wanna have some fun? You know, like, it's not exclusive to just that family, obviously. And I don't think I have any other thoughts about this movie. I I really did like this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. I do know that there's another movie called like Your Next that's a little bit like this and I think that I'm going to check that out but I think it's a little scarier, has a little more gore to it. I feel like the reason why I like this movie a lot because it's funny. You know this movie made me chuckle a little bit, this movie made me pause and like reflect and like look at it a little bit be like what's going on here, what's the cause of this. But it's a pretty good movie all in all, it's on Hulu, if you guys want to go check it out you should. It's very very interesting. and. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. That's all I wanted to say about the movie. Um, I wouldn't say 10 out of 10. I'd probably say like 8 out of 10. I don't know. I'm not good at rating movies. Like, I'm not a professional movie reviewer. You know what I'm saying, obviously. But like, I do want to say, just as a a little piece of advice to everyone. If you find out that your friend... (laughs) If you go over to your friend's house and they have a table in their dining room that's shaped like a pentagram, run. Just run, okay? That's not a normal table to have. Tables need to be in circles or rectangles. If it's in a pentagram shape, you need to leave. You need to go, especially if they're rich. Especially, like, leave. Just go. Don't take any food. Don't say, don't say bye. Just go. Just hit the door. See them no more. Alright, you know what I mean? Because, like, I understand that like family is family and you know maybe we shouldn't judge Alex too harshly because of the way that he grew up and you know he says so The the character Alex says so in the movie that like when you realize that other families aren't doing it is obviously weird but like when family does it you just can't say no to family like your family makes it okay and I guess if you're raised in a household where like there are goat sacrifices and chanting and learning latin and mysterious cloaks and pentagrams and drinking gross substances before you make a sacrifice that would that may seem normal to you because that's what you grew up with that's what you knew that's what you were raised in that's all you know and that's not you didn't know any differently but you know if you escape if you leave if you go to some another you know situation and yet you return back to that same sketchy stuff, that says more about you than it does about your family, okay? That says more about you and your resolve and your need to be with other people, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's basically my thoughts on uh, Ready or Not. If you guys like this, you know, feel free to subscribe to my podcast. I've been meaning to watch that on Spotify. I have new episodes every monday and wednesday um if you want to like be here when if you want to like interact not really interact but like if you want to listen to that podcast early i live stream them on you now every once in a while so feel free to do that thank you guys so much for listening and or watching i really do appreciate it and i will see you in another podcast you know and if you have any suggestions for movies that I should review or TV shows I should review, hit me up on d-u-l-c-i-o-m at hotmail.com and I will definitely take your suggestions to heart. Thank you again and I hope you stay blessed.